Schoolyard Sports Studio. Here's Steve Kaplowitz and Adrian Broadus. Oh, man, we are two days away from UTEP football. High school tonight, tomorrow. It's back. College tonight as well. A little Thursday night football for you. Oh, my God, I am ready to go. I don't know about you, Adrian, but let's get it rolling today. Let's let's get this three-hour edition of Sports Talk off the ground, and let's make it a winner. What do you say? I say that sounds great. We've got great games here in the El Paso, Las Cruces area. First off, it's headlined by uh, the game of the night out at the sack tonight. Uh, America's hosting Odessa High in some local high school football action. We've got volleyball uh, getting started tonight. We had head coach Ben Wallace in our studio yesterday. They've got the Borderland Invitation. Mm-hmm. That gets underway against the University of San Francisco. And then we've got national high, uh, college football games going on tonight. And the biggest one, Utah versus Florida. I'm really excited for all the sports action that we get to talk about today. Man, I am too. And by the way, we lost a good one today. We lost Gil Brandt, who is one of the great architects of the Dallas Cowboys uh, franchise from when he started in 1960 as the vice president of player personnel, and he did it all the way through May of 1989 when he was fired by new owner and GM Jerry Jones. So, man, Gil Brandt, one of the all-time greats. What a group. I mean, listen, whether you love him or hate him, Gil Brandt, Tech Schramm, Tom Landry, I mean, you look at this run. 20 consecutive winning seasons, 1966 to 1985, Five Super Bowl appearances, two championships. Oh, what a, I mean, it's an amazing run. It really was. And, and Gil Brandt, 91, what a life he ended up uh, living when it was all said and done. And think about it. He was really a pioneer for everything we talk about in front office sports, uh, from a general manager to a somebody who really uh, put a lot of emphasis in draft uh, side, the draft side of things, scouting and those kinds of things as well. So he was really a pioneer when, it, when you talk about front office moves that we do here in 2023. Well, he had those initial moves uh, way back when, and he had success having those uh, initiatives way back when. So that's what he brought to the sport of football and uh, everything that he instilled in the game. I mean, it's still used today. Totally is. Totally is. So, man, we'll think about, uh, you know, Gil Brandt as we start the show today. And, um, you know, I think a lot of Cowboy fans that, you know, are old enough to remember either the 60s, 70s, and or 80s, um, look back, uh, very fond memories of that group. And truly, I mean, look, Jerry Jones has made the Cowboys a multi-billion dollar franchise. I mean, he has. He's He has taken it and just, you know, run with it, whether it's the stadium, the branding, the marketing, the, everything he's done. But the truth is, the only reason the Cowboys are where they are today is because of the foundation that was set, what, uh, some 60-plus years ago when they formed in uh, 1960. That's so true, and I think for somebody like him, look at America's team, the brand that they uh, built as well. Not only the success on the field, but all the players that they uh, had in their organization and developed over time in their organization. So just truly a pioneer of the sport and somebody who gave so much to the NFL and what we know today. Oh, you're right. You're absolutely right. 
Uh, so many good things on the website, especially the UTEP volleyball story and uh, the scouting report on Incarnate Word from UTEP Zay. And by the way, I, I mean, I know Zay wrote a lot about this, but um, let me just also say, which I think is really interesting, um, Clint Killo, who is the head coach of Incarnate Word in his first game uh, ever as head coach, he's got a whole new team. I mean, like, oh, this is an entirely new roster. It really is. On the defensive side of the ball, they've got a couple of guys who were big. Um, you know, Brandon Richard and Steven Parker. That's probably the, the two best players on the defensive side of the ball. And Brandon Richard is a linebacker. He goes 5'11", 185. Parker is a defensive end, 6'4", 240. But besides those two, like, the offense is almost completely different. It really is. Like, they've got a whole new offensive uh, lineup for most of their uh, players. So it's why, like last year, when I was looking at last year's stats, they had two receivers, Adrian, who um, each had over 1,000 yards receiving um, and 33 combined touchdowns. It's pretty amazing. I mean, really. Taylor Grimes had 15 touchdowns and 1,221 yards. And then uh, Darion uh, Chafin had 1,244 yards and 18 touchdowns. Well, they're gone. They're both gone. I mean, they're not back. So I'm going to be interested to see when you have a whole new look at the uh, receiver spot and a whole new look at the quarterback spot, what this team is able to do right out of the gate when they go up against uh, UTEP coming up on Saturday. Yeah, I felt like Zay educated me on Incarnate Word. I did not know a lot about these players. Uh, he educated me by you know just checking out his story. I didn't know much about Brandon Porter, who is one of the top uh, regarded receivers across FCS. Well, he is on that Incarnate Word receiving core that you're mm-hmm. talking about, the decimated uh, receiving core. Now, the interesting part about him is he's a Northern Arizona transfer, and yes, he played against the Miners in 2018 when Northern Arizona defeated UTEP 30-10 to that season. So that's a really interesting uh, local tie. And then I thought to myself, why does Trey Siggers sound so familiar? Well, he played for North Texas. Uh, I'm talking about Incarnate Words running back uh, from 2017 uh, to 2020. And so this is somebody who has been around college football for a long time. This is his last, uh, you know, his last round uh, go-around playing any sort of college football so he wants to make his time special with incarnate word those are two playmakers right there my biggest issue with incarnate word is their offensive line like zay wrote today uh they lost seven total offensive linemen over the offseason and having to replace that offensive line will be a must but they show a lot of size that's what impresses me on paper they have a lot of size on their offensive front they've got an offensive lineman from texas state six five three ten they got an offensive lineman from arkansas six four three fifty and they've got an offensive lineman from USC, 66300. So, you know, you look at that and you say to yourself, okay, they they've they've retooled. I mean, they've got two power five offensive linemen and then the Texas State uh, 65310 kid. But you're right. I mean, two returning players, they lost a lot. I am interested to see uh how that new O line does. And more than anything else, this team is all different, especially the offense. It's a whole new looks. They have a bunch of guys that are coming together for the first time, and you wonder, despite the pedigree 
Um, will it take them a while? Or will this be one of those teams that can come into a system like this, mesh immediately, and give the UTEP defense some trouble? So all logic would tell you that, yes, it will take them a while. Yes, it, it they need some time to gel and develop that chemistry since they're no, so new to each other. However, if UTEP slips, if UTEP does not take advantage of opportunities, just like last week, I mean, we talked about this a lot all week long, but there were many points against Jacksonville State in which I feel like the Miners could have turned the, uh, the script, flipped the table, and taken control of that game. Instead, they were unable to capitalize on the opportunities they had. They allowed uh, in, car, you know, in Jacksonville State last week to score 17 points and simply couldn't put up more points than them on offense. So mm-hmm. if they don't come up with uh, opportunities that, that are presented to them on offense this weekend, then they might uh, you know, be on upset alert in this game. You never know. You never know. So, and I'm looking at the rest of the Incarnate Ward schedule. I mean, look who they play the rest of the season, okay? At Northern Colorado, at Abilene Christian versus North American versus Southeastern Louisiana versus Texas A&M Commerce, at McNeese, at Lamar versus Nichols versus Northwestern State, and at Houston Christian. This is their bowl game. I mean, this is it. This is their one FBS game that they get the opportunity to play this season. So when you think about it, that's a big deal, isn't it? It is a big deal. These uh, FCS games, obviously, they get a paycheck at the end of the day. You don't want them to get a paycheck and a win if you're a UTEP fan uh, going to Saturday's game and watching the Miners take on the Cardinals. No, you don't. No, you don't. I agree with you on that. Um, We're going to have a good show today. Our good pal, longtime friend. In fact, if it's football season, you know Lee Sterling is back from ParamountSports.com. He'll be dropping by in the 5 o'clock hour, as will Cade McConnell, UTEP quarterback, um, who has been great with us. Matter of fact, he was here with us last Thursday, stopped in when uh, Lane was here, and they had some great banter back and forth. Lane this week is, uh, has been uh, slammed with tennis, traveling, and, and uh, everything else he's got going on. So no Lane Frank this week. We will get back with him next week. Our pal from Schoolyard Sports and sponsoring our uh, 600 ESPN El Paso studios along with River Oaks Properties. So I'm excited about having Lane back next week. But uh, we will have Cade back uh, this week. He'll be in, in our 5 o'clock hour right after we get done with uh, Lee around uh, 20 after the hour. And then, of course, uh, Tim Haggerty joining us a little bit later when we get ready for El Paso Chihuahuas baseball. Maybe Hags can be around at uh, 645 when we get a chance to uh, wrap up the show during the final countdown. What do you say? That would be great. I'll ask him. Please. Yesterday we wanted him, but uh, that wasn't happening. So hopefully we can get that done here uh, today with uh, one uh, Tim Haggerty. All right. Um, it's a lot of interesting news with the high school games, with UTEP volleyball, with um, you know the uh, college games tonight. I mean, you look at the games. Uh, Adrian, you're going out to a high school game, aren't you? Because you did one last week. Are you doing it this time around, no. or are you taking this one off? Yeah, I'm, I'll be out tomorrow. Uh, I'm going to reserve the Thursday night games for the marquee one. I'm not saying tonight's not a marquee game. Just not going to make it tonight. Uh, got some uh, personal things to do after the show. Uh, ha- however, I will be out tomorrow at one of the best games of uh, the night, Kenny Tio taking on Coronado. So mm. tonight's slate is great. Um, I'm really looking forward to that Odessa High School America's 
game. The Trailblazers came onto the scene in a big way last week on the road, defeating Las Cruces High in a, in a significant fashion. I really like their quarterback, Mark Moore. I like their running back and Brian Promessi uh, and their new head coach, uh, Noe Robles. So they've done a good job here to start things off. And, uh, yeah, it's going to be a good one out at the sack tonight. I'm going to be interested in that Florida-Utah game that gets underway at 6 o'clock. I think that's going to be a lot of fun. And now, knowing uh, Utah will be without their starting quarterback, does that change our feelings towards this contest? Do we give Florida the edge? I'll tell you what, it's now just a six-point uh, spread knowing that uh, Cam Rising will not be playing for uh, Utah here tonight. So it went, so it's interesting you say it's six because it went all the way down to three and a half uh, earlier uh, yesterday or late yesterday after the news. And so now it's at six. So the line keeps fluctuating right here. Tells me that uh, I got Utah all the way. I'm not even worried about this one. Read a story today on The Athletic uh, from Florida. uh, Bill Napier is still trying to get things going over there, still trying to get people excited about that team they had a great offseason in recruiting the Gators did but I think similar to some of these early season uh, college football games they're just going to need some time uh, to to get adjusted and to get everybody uh, here intact with that program you go on the road to Utah you take on the Utes that's a that's a tough environment to play if you're Florida so that's that's where it I is. come from especially when you know that you've got Graham Mertz now under center and also, you've got uh, probably one of the best uh, two-headed monsters in Montreal Johnson Jr. and Trevor Etienne uh, handling the football, running the ball. So the ETN uh, edition is real interesting to me. I mean, I, is he going to be good right away? Is he going to be somebody they could rely on right away? And if he's explosive, as uh, some of the uh, early season stories suggest, wow. then he could be a significant star for this Florida team moving forward. ETN had 719 yards and six touchdowns last year on the ground. So, you know, you think about what he did last year as a freshman and now having a chance to come back and share that backfield, uh, that's going to be it's going to be a dangerous backfield. I think it's going to be pretty good, Adrian. So, you know, his brother's in uh, the NFL and he'll probably be there soon too. Montrell Johnson Jr. had 10 touchdowns and 841 yards on the ground last year with Florida. So you combine those two, that's like 1,600 yards and 16 touchdowns. That's a huge running game. It is. I think that the one issue is they're going up against a brick wall in the Utah mm-hmm. defense. You're Utah's right. defense has shown year after year that they are uh, very stout defensively. In fact, uh, last year they held opponents to converting just 31.5% on third down attempts. So they love to get off the field on third down. They're going to rely on their home crowd tonight. Uh, I, hey, maybe it's a good game. It's nationally televised. It's the ESPN game of the night. Why not? Let's, let's make it entertaining at least for college football fans so they can enjoy Enjoy this one, and I feel like we've been watching Graham Mertz for years now. He's he's like another one of those products of the COVID transfer, mm-hmm. the NCAA transfer portal, whatever it might be. Who just seems like he's been in college football for years and years. But he never flourished with Wisconsin the way they thought he would. Will Florida be the place where he can really have that great season? That's the question. Eighteen passed as we kick it off here on a Thursday. Charlie's back. He's got our first traffic update, and then on to your phone calls as Sports Talk continues. Continue here on Sports Talk, 505 <laughs> That's our telephone number. So we continue. I just, I just saw the, uh, the, the caller, and I had to laugh. I like that. That's good stuff, man. That is good stuff. Oh, my God. I, uh, by the way, we got uh, two lines open. 
Is our caller ready for the game tonight? I don't think so. No? Nah. That would be uh, an understatement, right? Let's uh, let's hear from Gator Boy himself. <laughs> As Adrian said, Gator Boy joining us on the phone lines right now. What's going on, oh, Gator my Boy? Oh, God, man. That's, that's exactly right. Hey, listen, that's what he put in the call screening to me, and that's why I started laughing out of the break because I hadn't opened the, uh, the, the, uh, the, the, the thing yet. And as soon as I see Gator Boy line one, I'm like, oh, my gosh. You, you guys are just mad because uh. I, I put you on the spot for all those, like, fabulous picks you did last week. Oh, I wouldn't be surprised, you know, come Monday, the fifth week, you know, our UTEP minors will be 5-0. and oh. You, now, now that I pointed that out to you, you're, you're like hoping that they get at least one, one win in the next five games. Yeah, I mean, listen, that right I mean, that could be, you know, you hope it's Saturday, but who knows? I mean, you know, incarnate, well, incarnate word wins, and uh, there'll be uh, there'll be a mutiny uh, going on I, in this town. I told you that that team is not a pushover. They won 25 games in the last three years. Yep. And what else, what did I say about that? I said UTEP would sell their soul to have 25 wins in three years. That I mean, under this coach, ain't happening. You got some UTEP fan out there needs to spend ten dollars on GoDaddy and just buy that domain of FireDanaDemo.com and get on it. See, you know, here's the, the deal. Thing. Here's the, here's Remember, the deal. Remember, Gators did that. I know. Zook, I know. Yeah, but you know what? How long? How many years ago was that? Ron Zook. Yeah, that was a while back. See, that's Gators what I'm saying. Started that. Like the Gators did that. How's so, that for Gator trivia? So listen. All right, let me tell you this. I, I'm, I'm going to give you a little trivia. Um, I had callers. It might have been you. Who knows? Suggesting FireMikePrice.com when Mike was, was coach. Probably was you. All right. At least you. At least you owned it. I appreciate that. Um, and that was like nine years ago. So you know, like mm-hmm. nine, nine, ten years ago, the FireCoach.com thing was a big deal. But now that kind of social media has exploded the way it has, and everybody just gets on social, eh, the websites, it's, it's, they don't need it anymore. It's not like it used to be. Now you can just communicate uh, via social. So, um, you know, that, that idea of yours was very, like, you know, 2010-ish more than anything else. Oh, all right. All yeah. right. I'll give that to you. Thanks. So someone needs to open up a, a Facebook page of <laughs> Fire Dana Demo then. That's it. Okay? That's I mean, it. you guys even have a Facebook page. Sometimes you check your mail. I don't know. Nah, not really. Not usually. So I, we should. So, so I, Gators, I Gators by 15 tonight. Now, would you feel that confident if Cam Rising was playing, or when you heard? I don't care. I don't care if they brought back uh, whoever their their best quarterback from Utah, pull him out from the NFL, or yeah. he's even in the NFL. You know, resurrect. Uh, you know, one one of their. Uh, I don't know all star players, all American players. I, I couldn't name anybody from Utah. To tell the truth, I mean, really. But, well, but yet, but yet that regional bias that I always point out to you—how how in the hell does a Utah get ranked number seven last year and go and Florida spanks them? Okay, and then this year they're ranked number fourteen, just like a Michigan and and Ohio State. They're, they're what top ten? Mm-hmm. I mean, w- just think of what Georgia would have done to a Michigan 
had TCU lost, okay? I mean, TCU beat Michigan, and look what Georgia did did to TCU. No, you're right. Yeah, you can't argue okay. that one. So, so I mean, really, really. By the way, oh, um, let me give you some names, all right? You tell me if you ever heard of these guys. Uh, Alex nope, Smith, never heard of uh, the quarterback, no. Alex Smith. No. Uh, Steve you, uh, Steve Smith, the Steve Smith, the receiver, played for the Panthers nope. all those years. You ever heard of Steve Smith? Mm. Uh, how about Jamal Anderson? Nope. Okay. <laughs> I mean, really? I mean, you're. Oh my you God! I'm trying to bring you all the big names. Like these are good you, names. I know, but you had to Google it. It's not like you're doing it off the top of your head. No, man. but you okay. don't. Even, but you don't even know who they are. I, I, mean, I, I got. I have you. one. Every I have time one. I call, I can hear you. It's either you or or young Sheldon in the background frantically typing, you know, Googling stuff. Because, you know, I'll drop little, uh, what do they call that, you know, like little hints out yeah. there. I'll drop some name from the past, and you'll be like, wait, what, what did Rich just say? Well I, I was, you know? well, I was Googling Gator Boy. So just so you know, that's what oh, I was Googling. See, yeah. and I thought we were tight, man. Man, we were. You guys stand me up for lunch. How many times hey, already? Uh, we should double or nothing the lunch deal right now, Richard. Double or nothing on tonight's game. Ooh, uh, you know, uh, Gators Ooh. Utah. Here You're we go. You're giving him a chance to get out of it or O2 Ooh. lunches. How do you feel about tonight's game? I feel strong about it. Uh, evidently, uh, Adrian feels pretty strong because you know yeah. he goes anything that I pick, he always wants to do opposite. I like you know, the fact that like, Adrian's got some brass cojones right now with you. That's good. That's the way it should be. Yeah, all right. All right. You tell me, are we, are we double or nothing uh, tonight's game? Yeah, absolutely. All right. You know, and, 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 and watch this, man. You guys set the time, and I'll pick the place. Well, wait a minute. If First off, if the, if the Gators win like you say they're going to win, then there is no lunch because you've just won your lunch back. So you're worrying about time and place for setting it right now, but there should even be a lunch because no, you're going to no, win no, tonight. No, no, no. We, we, we can set it up for, for two separate lunches if you want. Okay? Right. I mean, I'm not, I don't care about the double or nothing thing. You know, I owe you guys from last year, and, you know, we'll, we'll make good on it. All right, no, it's was already it, been last it, year. No, was it last year or was this year? It was like it was last baseball. month. Yeah, it was recently. Like two yeah. months ago. Two months ago, Richard. I know. Two I months know. It seems like it was last year. I get you. Hey, listen, I got to move along, but I appreciate the call. Good luck tonight. Have some fun watching. Will do. All right. Tyler Huntley, Steve, plays for the Ravens. Great name. Great name. First off, um, Jamal Anderson was, a, was just a yeah. beast. Same with Steve Smith, Hall mm-hmm. of Famer. Mm-hmm. All right. I'll get to Leon right after SportsCenter. Bottom of the hour as we continue here on Sports Talk. From Gator Boy to Leon, who joins us on the phones right now. What's going on, Leon? How are you? Hey, good afternoon. How are you all doing? Doing all right, Leon. What's up? Hey, I hope I don't lose you because I'm traveling here, but I never thought that there'd be a Ron Zook drop on Sports Talk, man. I mean, this guy's all full of fun and cheer. I say Gators lose by seven tonight. How's that? I think that's fair. I think, you know, the line is six, so that would mean that they cover. I think that's pretty uh, pretty accurate when it's all said and done. So, yeah, I'll go with that. That's solid. Yeah, man, it was just a broken record from yesterday. But anyways, I want to talk about better things. Please. Hey, one thing I don't know if we talked about this week, but that 88 team that's going to be honored this weekend had one heck of a coaching staff. They're amazing. we've got you know, and, and I don't know if anybody's going to show up. It'd be great to see Dirk Cotter. It'd be great. I, I, I doubt Andy Reid. He might be a little busy. 
But overall, that coaching staff was outstanding, and I haven't heard us talk about that this week, mostly about what we're uh, a little insecure about happening Saturday. Yeah. But, hey, that's one of the highlights this weekend, and I'm looking forward to honoring that 88 team. That initial, I mean, they did lose to Brett Favre, but what a hell of a season, guys. You have a good afternoon. Oh, that's great. Appreciate the call, Leon. And you're right. I mean, you know what? If, if there's ever a reason to come down and watch the game on Saturday, it's to pay your respects to the 35th anniversary of the 88 team, uh, which will be honored. 35 years already. I remember going out to Sunland Park Mall and meeting those guys. I was like 15 years old. And I had this Wilson the Duke football, and I brought it got it all signed, and I donated it. I think I donated it to the university, and I actually gave it to the school years ago because the ball was signed by everybody on the 88 team. Oh, that's a great story in itself, but think of all the highlight uh, names on this team. It starts with, of course, the quarterback and Pat Haggerty. Uh, you have John Harvey, their tailback at the time. You also have uh, wide receiver Reggie Barrett, who was, uh, who put up 781 receiving yards and mm-hmm. six touchdowns that season. You have Chris Jackie, one of the all-time greats at UTEP as well. Uh, by the way, the longest field goal he had that season, 48 yards in a game. Um, yeah, it's just a a lot of highlight uh, names that a lot of fans will really be excited about coming back here. Who knows who'll be back too, Steve? I'm curious which of these names that I just reeled off or any of the other team members will actually be in town to uh, be honored as part of the 88 team. I would love to get the list and see who is actually coming back. If uh, Actually, I'm going to work on that. Um, Bob Stoll was at practice today. I believe it. So that that's uh, he's definitely. I mean, well, obviously he's going to be honored uh, tomorrow, but he'll he'll be here uh, excited with the '88 team. That's really cool too, right? I mean, former players uh, meeting up with their former coach to be honored as one of the best UTEP uh, teams to ever play football here. It is very cool. In fact, uh, I mean, that's you knew Bob was coming. I mean, that was one of those things where. I figured he had to come back, right? That just made the most sense. Um, And, you know, there is no uh, practice tomorrow. So now the only time we'll be able to see Bob Stoll, unless you're going to the Hall of Fame dinner Friday night, is Saturday for uh, the big one when they get a chance to play Incarnate Word and the 88 team gets honored that night. That's going to be big. By the way, I uh, would encourage everybody to check out El Paso Times today. Bill Knight, a special to the El Paso Times. Really? Uh, yes, it's an amazing article. Wrote it, uh, read about it earlier today. UTEP's 1988 football team uh, banded together for unprecedented success that's up on at elpasotimes.com oh i love the fact they uh, gave bill an opportunity to uh, come out of retirement for an uh, for a, a special like this that's good stuff yeah and he gives great perspective on just the time how bad yeah, he lived it how yeah and how bad they were in football as a program during that time who is bob stole who's this guy who is uh, supposedly going to change utep football well bob bob stole obviously is the the man he is today and now he will be honored uh through the utep athletic department Department and of course with the 88 team so just a great article uh i would encourage anybody to go out and check that one out they also have a really cool photo gallery of that 88 team with bob stoll and company that's really neat scooter menifee who was part of that group john harvey was in that uh, team as well you mentioned it darren lewis mike may um craig evans there's a ton of good ones that were part of that ricky lopez willie fuller man it's a good list it really is 
I'm I'm even reading some of the the uh, the recaps in this article talking about matchups against Air Force, a matchup against Appalachian State, the Independence Bowl. Of course, you know my dad always talks about that one. Myself about Brett Favre, unfortunately beating the Miners in that season. But yeah, I mean it's just a lot of history and, and a lot of great memories for UTEP football fans at the time for those who got to experience this. Yeah, exactly. That's right. Um, well. I mean, you know, that's 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 big. That is big. So, anyway. Um, I know for sure that um, Bob will be here. I know there are plenty of members of the team itself that will be coming into town. Um, if I can get you that complete list, I will do that. I'll be working on that for everybody. Because I, I think a lot of fans would like to know who from the 88 team will be here, especially if they were going to be uh, looking to make their plans to come on Saturday. And, and that will help to be a, a deciding factor to come and you know not just see the current team, but see the former team as well. You know what? I think the former team will get a lot of requests throughout the night mm-hmm. uh, to take photos and stuff like that. That's huge. I mean, that's really a big thing for uh, fans to go out and to see some of the players that they rooted on, cheered on in the 80s when they actually had success in the football program. Chad Middleton uh, messaged us and posted up at uh, 600 ESPN El Paso that Buzz Adams should go interview Bob Stoll so he can get stalled one last time. Ah, that's a good one, Chad. That is a good one. Uh, We should should get, too bad we can't get Bob in the studio tomorrow. That would be the best. It would be the best. You know that, right? He's probably going to be up that time in the morning. Well, maybe, maybe I can get Bob to stop by Buzz's show at nine o'clock tomorrow morning. Mm. What do you think? I think that'd be pretty solid, Steve. And I know he's actually doing something right now with SMU? Question mark. Maybe uh, involved with them some sort. Uh, he was with sporting SMU. Yes, really. If it's not SMU, it's somebody with the Mustangs logo because he was really? sporting a Mustangs hat today. Was which he was really interesting? Right. I mean, I thought he would wear something like UTEP mm, today. That is interesting. I like it. All right, 39 pass, Lee Sterling 20 minutes away. Stay with us. He'll lead off our 5 o'clock hour. Then Cade McConnell from the Miners will be dropping by as well. Sports Talk continues, 600 ESPN El Paso. Plays and problems, but you know, sometimes even investors have issues. Let me tell you a great story about what happened with Carmen. Carmen's an investor and was out of town and needed to sell her East El Paso rental and had to sell it fast. She knew about Brian Bird's knew about his amazing company, and decided to give him a call. And you know what? Brian Systems immediately impressed her. She knew she found the perfect agent to work with, and now as she looks back, she has no regrets. Brian listed that property for a competitive price of $178,000, and did the market respond? Oh, you better believe it. The deal was sealed within two weeks, and man, even more than what Carmen was thinking she would get— and way ahead of her timeline. Just another example of what Brian Birds can do for you. And you want to know something, folks? Um, if you're selling, you have to have an agent you can trust to have the top strategies and give you the, uh, tons of options, which is exactly why Brian is the only agent I trust, because he has some of the best options and regularly gets his clients excellent results. So all you really need to do is look at Brian Burns. In fact, there's no risk in working with Brian. He specializes in taking the drama out of home selling. He understands that life happens, and if needed, he will let you out of the contract free and clear. So call the official real estate agent of UTEP, El Paso Locomotive FC, and the Rhinos, the only agent I would call if I needed to sell my home. You can visit Brian Burns online 
uh, at brianbirds.com. That's B-U-R-D-S or Google Brian Birds and start packing. All right, I've got the list, Adrian, of who will be uh, coming on Saturday representing the UTEP 1988 team, and I am very, very excited about this list. In fact, it is going to be awesome, and it is going to be definitely something that people are going to want to listen to right now because I've got a feeling that when you hear this list, you're going to be pretty excited. Let's get the team going. Tight end and punter Arnie Atkinson will be back. Offensive tackle Darren Atkinson will be here. Nose guard Greg Armstrong. Wide receiver Reggie Barrett. Center Don Black. Kicker and punter Lance Brownlee. Offensive guard Mike Caravelli. Offensive and defensive tackle Ricardo Coronado. Linebacker Tom Costello. Offensive tackle Tim Craig, nose guard, Marcus Colbreth, offensive guard, Russ DeVries, quarterback, David Flores, offensive guard, Phil Gabbard, defensive end, Tony Glover, quarterback, Pat Haggerty, tight end, Marvin Hill, defensive back, Anthony Hooks, tight end, Rob Hausler, tailback, Vincent Jordan, who will be represented by his wife, um, Regina. Wide receiver and kick returner, Ricky Lopez. Linebacker, Jason Lowe. Offensive tackle, Mike Macias. Linebacker, Buddy Mitichek. Linebacker, Doug Morgan. Defensive tackle, Jeb Mosley. Cornerback, Emilio Pittman. Offensive guard, Robert Pufal. Defensive end, Chris Riddick. Fullback, David Samaniego. Wide receiver and kick returner, Clarence C.A. Center, Rob Sesich. Linebacker, Shane Skarkey. Center, James Spady, represented by his wife, Barbara. Offensive tackle, Andy Stanton. Defensive end, Mike Stubblefield. Quarterback, Tress Sullivan. Defensive tackle, Derek Talton. Nose guard, Larry Teal. Cornerback, O.T. Thomas. Safety, Terry Walker. Offensive tackle, Dean Witholtz. And defensive back, Richie Wright. That's a long, that's like 40-something players that are going to be here. That's great news that they have such a great representation of all these different players uh, who join that wondrous team, the 88 team for UTEP football. They'll all be back here. I can't believe that. That's a great list right there, Steve. It's amazing. Uh, amazing. So, um, you know, and, and I'll tell you what, it's a terrific list. It, it really is. In fact, uh, Vincent Jordan, uh, the tailback, uh, he uh, passed away, folks. But his wife and sons will be here as well. Uh, I know James Spady tried to come, but he couldn't make it. But his wife, Barbara, will be here. So what a list that is going to be. And then the coaching staff. Uh, you got head trainer David Binder. He'll be back. Defensive coordinator and inside linebackers coach Michael Church. Receivers coach Larry uh, uh, Hofer will be here. Um, offensive coordinator and quarterbacks coach Dirk Cutter will be attending tomorrow night at the banquet, but I don't believe he'll be there Saturday, but he will be there tomorrow for the Hall of Fame banquet. And of course, head coach Bob Stoll. What a, what a lineup that is for the 88 team. So excited. 
What a great class it is. It's going to be, I mean, that class will be well represented tomorrow with all the former players coming back. And yeah, I think they're, uh, I mean, this is going to be awesome for UTEP fans. I, I mean, for anybody who remembers this 88 team, uh, who watched that team during the time, they're going to be really excited about seeing, seeing some of these former players honored there tomorrow or on Saturday. I'll tell you what, uh, the truth is this, okay? If you're on the fence about Saturday, hey, Go and give it, give a nice uh, tribute to the '88 team. If anything, you know, yeah, we always want you to come and watch uh, the current team playing. But I mean, we don't know if we're going to see this '88 team get a reunion again. I mean, these guys are now all in their uh, probably somewhere in their early to um, no, I forget. I was going to say not early mid fifties. They're probably somewhere in their mid to late fifties right now. I mean, if you're a freshman on this team, you're probably mid-50s. If you are a senior on this team, you could be uh, late-50s. So, yeah, we don't know if there's going to be another reunion like this. Got to go check it out. Yeah, I can't take these times for granted when you get to see these reunions happen. And uh, credit UTEP for setting this up. I think it's a wonderful thing when you're able to get that uh, many uh, that many people coming back to the university to be recognized and honored. I mean, that's a testament to UTEP and reaching out to them. No doubt about it. Super excited. Great list of players. Hey, folks, you definitely want to be a part of it with the 88-team reunion uh, coming up this weekend. When we return, Lee Sterling. Paramount Sports can't wait for his first week as we continue. Two here on the program. Take a look at that, Adrian. See if you can see that on your screen. Maybe you can. Hopefully you can. Oh, you might not be. Oh, no. You didn't see that, did you? No, I did not. Oh, you're not back on your Zoom chat, are you? Did you drop off? I dropped off. Oh, you need to get back in. I got to show you a little message. I got a little... uh... Ah, a little love note for you as we uh, get ready to have Lee Sterling back with us from uh, ParamountSports.com. Uh, Excited about having Lee arrive uh, for uh, another season. We've got so much to get to with him and talk about all the games that uh, he's uh, covering out at uh, Paramount, and hopefully we'll be able to do that uh, shortly. And then Cade McConnell is going to be dropping on by into our 600 ESPN El Paso uh, River Oaks Properties Schoolyard Sports Studios. All that still to come here into our number two of the show. Uh, let's see here. All right. I, I, you know what? I didn't realize, Adrian, I didn't realize that Lee gets a million emails and that um, if I don't send it within like an hour of the show, it's going to get lost into the uh, email abyss of Lee Sterling when I sent him the uh, Zoom invite. So now I know. Now I know that uh, we need to make sure that these things get done sooner rather than later. So it's good to inform- It's good information, right? Good information. Yeah, most definitely. I hear you on that. Hang on. We might need to get Lee on the phone. Uh, Internet just went out. Huge storm. Let's get Lee on the phone. All right. So there it is. We're going to end the meeting, and uh, we will just do old-school phones with uh, Lee today. And I'm, listen, he's in, he's in Hurricane Central, folks. Every week this time of year is like another hurricane. So as he's saying, huge storm, I believe it, which is one of the reasons why we uh, will go phones uh, as a backup for Lee just in case since uh, the storm has knocked everything off for him. And then we'll get right to his picks and we'll find out exactly how he is doing. All right. First and foremost, as we welcome Lee Sterling back with us for another great year from ParamountSports.com. I hope you're all right. Um, I'm not surprised about the storms because we were hearing about all the hurricanes. And uh, yep. what's what's the latest right now? What's no, going on? It's, I mean, it's not a – I mean, we got like 15, 20 miles. We get storms all the time, you know, during the summer and – 
just had one hit here, so my internet flashed and it's not coming back yet, so we'll do it over the phone. Sounds good. How is the summer for you? Tell me about the great. Sterling family. How's everybody doing? Oh, great summer. Maybe the, maybe the best summer ever. So my oldest daughter got engaged. Congrats. She was in Tuscany, and it turned out we were crossing each other. She went away with her boyfriend now, fiance, and she didn't think she was going to get engaged, and he told her she wasn't getting engaged, but he had it planned. Uh, we were going to meet them in Amsterdam, like their fifth day. They were out our second day. So what happened was, as soon as we land in Amsterdam, of course, uh, running on like an hour's sleep, we get a text asking for our permission uh, to marry her and our blessing. And we said, of course, because she's so difficult, we were happy he'll take her off our hands. And um, we had a great time. Actually, went out for dinner. My brother was with us on the trip with his wife. And six of us went out to a great restaurant, celebrated and uh, we're in Amsterdam, Brussels, and then finished up in Paris. And then my wow. youngest daughter got a lead in an off-Broadway musical called Cross That River that starts on the 13th of September for a month in New York City. She actually got a really she got a co-lead. It was supposed to be for a movie. She uh, auditioned for it five months ago. Sure enough, it's the same exact time, same four weeks shooting in the Adirondacks on Amazon Prime, and can't do it. So we almost had the double where she was doing a lead and then also leading the movie, but didn't happen. So she's coming close. Sounds like it. Sounds like a great yeah. summer. I'm happy for you. And celebrated my 30th anniversary. How about you? Anything nice. exciting? Um, not like you. I'll say that I was in Europe. Just uh, you know, had a good, had a great trip. But yours, my goodness, where'd you go? Things. I did uh, Copenhagen. Um, I then I went. We went north to a, another city in uh, one of the bigger cities in Denmark. It's uh, Alborg. We were had a wedding there. Then we went to Rome. Then we were flying back. We got uh, stuck, and we ended up spending two extra days in Stockholm, Sweden. That we weren't planning. So okay, nice that's trip. It's not too bad. Though, nice is it? trip. No. Yeah. It was good. Okay. It was very good. Hey, by the way, um, I just noticed you have a blue check mark. Um, that means you are verified. Did you pay for your verification, or did Twitter grandfather you in, or no. uh, Elon? Paid. Everyone pays. All right. Yeah. Well, I was hoping that maybe you were yeah. given a special yeah, I, treatment. I was hoping not to pay, but yeah. uh, All right. you get some benefits with it. So. I hear you. It's just, yeah. you know, what it meant something when you get the blue check mark without having to pay. Let's just put it Are, are people getting it without, uh, without no, having to pay? No. Well, Adrian lost his. I lost mine. We had right. uh, we we had we were verified the old-fashioned way back when. I couldn't get verified. Yeah. Oh. How about that? So, so this is good for you. So now he's done you a favor. You can, now you can pay and get verified, so it's worked right. out. Right. All right. So. Let's get started. And I tried. Trust me, I tried a couple I, times. I believe you. I believe I'm like, you. oh, I'm I'm on 50 stations. I'm like, I'm no. in. I write articles in newspapers. I'm on TV. Nope, nothing. No, they don't. They don't care about that, Lee. They don't care about that. All right. All right. I'll tell you what I care about. I care about your picks because the All first right. game starts in less than an hour. Utah and Florida. This is going to be an interesting game, especially with the Cam Rising situation. Um, originally, uh, you had it at four and a half, Utah. Now it's up to six. But let's talk about this game because I wonder how the Utes will handle Florida. They lost last year to start the season. Now they're without one of their leading, uh, you know, one of their leading playmakers. What kind of an impact will that have? So it looks like Cam Rising will not play in the game, and with that being the case, also their top tight end, Frank Keithy. So 
I think they're going to play uh, going to play a conservative game here. They just want to play field position here, and they're going to have to play a Florida team that not, not much passing. In fact, they saw so, so little of Jack Miller, uh, who was originally at Ohio State. Graham Mertz, in the second day being there, he announced Sunbelt Billy said, okay, you're the starter. <laughs> I mean, that was quick. So uh, they're going to run the football. Trevor Etienne here and Montrell Johnson. I just think this is going to be a low-scoring game here. I, I I can't pick a side either way here. I know nice home field advantage playing in Utah. I think the under is the best play here, under 44.5 total points. Ah, under 44 will be your best. Yeah. So, you wouldn't, so you wouldn't touch the spread. You would no. just stay under the 44. Right. Okay. Right. I like that. By the way. I got to give you a compliment right now. You know what? I like the fact that you're uh, changing things on the fly a little bit, and because of the quarterback situation, you're advising people not to play the line, but instead play the total. Right. It's good. All right. Okay. Um, you yeah, might. You got you to be versatile. I like that. That's good. <laughs> yeah, you've never yeah. you've never done that in all the years we've been doing this together, and I appreciate that. I think that's a good okay. call. It's a good play. Yeah. Um, this this game you might feel a little differently about. Texas A and M uh, will be hosting New Mexico. Five o'clock this weekend uh, out there at uh, Kyle Field. Listen, the uh, Aggies are ranked twenty third in the country. The Lobos are not, <laughs> and and New Mexico is a thirty eight point underdog. Uh, you tell me, Lee, is this too light? New Mexico has some real problems. How bad was it? So they <laughs> they their their former head coach and then the kid that. Uh, uh, not the kid, the, the the coach that was, you know, comes back Rocky Long, coached the defense, he even bailed on him. So uh, I know they got Dylan Hopkins. He comes over from UAB. But he's a game manager. He's not a guy that I don't think is, is going to take them anywhere. He can't really push the ball down the field. Average 13 points per game and a lot of 48 sacks. I mean, they're expecting some guys to come in from junior college. Three kids expecting to come in and start here. This is a team with just – they only had returned two starters on defense here. I think A&M is going to want to push it. They started slow last year. They want to they want to get some good game action here for their key guys. And they got some guys – you talk about some guys that can make plays. They got two receivers. Evan Stewart is an NFL bona fide number one guy and then Aeneas Smith also is very good. I think Connor Wegman's going to have a big game here. Uh, I like Texas A&M big here, 45-10. I want to see if Ruben Owens gets 55-10. Ruben Owens, one of the top uh, recruits in the freshman class. He's a running back for A&M. Yep. And he might get some time in this one as well, especially if it's blowout yep. city. We'll see. Yeah, I think I'm hearing they're going to play three guys. It looks like they'll play Moss also in that game and then also Maury Daniels from Miami. Okay. What about the uh, Boise State-Washington game? That's going to be next up, one thirty on Saturday from Husky Stadium in Seattle. Washington ranked 10th in the country. Boise State is unranked. Uh, we know about Boise's season last year. Started slow, lost to UTEP, turned their season around in the Mountain West. This time they have a very tough go, and they're 14-and-a-half-point uh, dogs to the Huskies. Yeah, Boise likes to run the football, and... They're going to have to have success. They're not really a passing team. Now, do a little bit differently. They're running back George Helani, strong running back, not spectacular, but had 1,150 yards, 10 touchdowns. They do they get a lot of yards from their quarterback, Taylor Green. He had 586 yards in just 10 games. So started, I think, eight games last year. 
had 10 touchdowns running. He's a long strider. Not one of these guys just looks to get pick up a first down. He looks to bust it open to get, you know, 20, 30, 40-yard big gains here. Now, Washington has the number one passing offense. They average 39.2 points per game. Like their offensive coordinator, Ryan Grubb, quarterback Michael Penix came over from Indiana, had a huge year. But the one thing that Boise does well is, is stop the pass. They only allowed 51.7 completion percentage and just 15 touchdown passes while getting 12, that's right, 12 interceptions here. And Andy Avalos does his best work here as a road underdog. 4-0 against the spread as a road dog, more than 4.5 points here. I think Washington wins 35-24, but Boise covers. All right. That takes us to uh, game number four. The Longhorns at home against Rice. Texas 11th in the nation. Uh, Huge expectations for Steve Sarkeesian this year, and yet uh, they find themselves 35-point favorites over the Owls. So the Owls are competitive against teams that don't have a whole lot of talent. How about this for their quarterback, J.T. Daniels? Do you know he's facing Texas for the third time with a different team? This is crazy, starting a game. So, J.T. Daniels, um, (laughs) six-year player, fourth college now, started off at USC, then moved to Georgia, didn't play Georgia, then went to West Virginia last year. He's at Rice now. So talk about things going downhill here. Probably is teaching couple classes on on campus he's been around so long but uh i i'm hearing texas is going to want to push the ball down the field uh develop the, the the long passing game and if they do that then they'll have some more success next year when they uh, uh later in the year when they face some teams that uh have some stout defenses i think quinn ewers is going to be good i like xavier worthy jordan whittingham um I, I like Texas here. I think they win here, fifty-two seven. Maybe JT Daniels gets his uh, PhD from Rice. Oh, he already. Awesome. I think he has a PhD and <laughs> I think his doctorate. That's right. <laughs> um, let's wrap it up. LSU and uh, Florida State. This could be uh, the best game of the weekend of all the ones we've talked about so far. Number five against number eight from Camping World Stadium in Orlando. LSU lead two and a half point favorites over uh, the Seminoles. Yeah, I think both teams are a tad overrated, to be honest with you. I had them rated somewhere between, like, 12 and 15. Both quarterbacks are good. You know, I, I like uh, Jordan Travis for Florida State. I just think that Jaden Daniels is a little bit better passer and a better runner. So I think with that being the case here, you know, and he can get hot, Jaden Daniels. I mean, he, I, there's a couple times he, he'll complete eight, nine, ten passes in a row and look spectacular. Nothing. Take nothing away from Jordan Travis, but uh, both teams hit on the transfer portal. Hit on some guys I think can be pretty darn good. Great game last year. I mean, <laughs> Florida State won twenty four twenty three. Unless you missed that extra point, or or that game would have been going to overtime. But uh, Florida State got a little lucky last year. They got to face five backup quarterbacks during the season. They were the hunter, not the the hunted. And uh, Brian Kelly made some tactical mistakes in that game. I thought he cost them maybe seven to ten points, and he's a year now into his tenure, and I think he knows his his kids much better. I like LSU. I think I think the over is the best play over fifty six points, but I also think LSU wins and covers thirty four thirty. Check out ParamountSports.com. Lee has a brand new look website from the last time we spoke. You've redesigned your site, and I know you're pretty excited for the first week of the college football season. 
I am. Anyone wants to get involved, go to ParamountSports.com and uh, check out the new website, uh, 30 Years in Business, ParamountSports.com. If you scroll down, you will see on the homepage, free pick sign-up. Just put in your information. We will email you a free selection every single Friday. You'll get about 7 o'clock at night. And uh, love to have you come on board. You can try us for five weeks through Monday, October 2nd, just three ninety-seven with coupon code SAVE100. We've had 28 out of 29 winning years. We already have opened up the season with a 2-0 record in week zero. If you want to join us for the year, it comes out to less than $200 a month, $1,197 to the Super Bowl. That includes college football, NFL regular seasons, 44 bowl games, NFL playoffs, Super Bowl, and the 10 prop plays for the Super Bowl. And one of them will be my daughter's hopefully 10th straight win on the over-under in the national anthem. Use coupon code SAVE300. Check out the new website, ParamountSports.com. Good stuff as always, Lee. Stay safe out there. We'll talk to you next week. Sounds good. Take care. Lee Sterling, folks, as we continue 18 past the hour. When we return, the return of Cade McConnell. He'll be back uh, with us in studio. Looking forward to talking to the UTEP quarterback next as we roll through to Charlie 1 and get ourselves a traffic update 18 past the hour here on Sports Talk. Past the hour, as we continue here on Sports Talk, uh, we want to welcome back to the show. Let me see what uh, mic he's on. We're in mic four. We've got Cade McConnell back with us, quarterback of the UTEP Miners, who uh, is going to be spending a lot of time with us over uh, the next uh, eight months to a year, I would say, because he'll be here uh, during football season, and then he'll probably be uh, interning with us during the off season. Although I understand that now that word's gotten out about the fact that you're doing this, there are others on this roster who want to also do something similar uh, that, that you're doing. Is that true? It, is it true? That's what I heard. I don't think he knows about this. Really? I don't think he knows about All this. All right, should we, just, should we just keep it quiet then and just not give him not, not name any names? No, just, we can throw him out. Can we, can we uh, name yeah. drop? Yeah, we can name drop here. You want to name drop? I think Trez Moore is very jealous. Uh, All right. Cade, and I think he wants to join eventually here soon enough, okay? Hey, the more the merrier, right? We could have like a whole group of UTEP players that end up doing this someday. I mean, it's very possible that maybe, maybe when Adrian, uh, when we head to Radio Row in Vegas in January for uh, for the Super Bowl, you're hosting along with Lane and a bunch of other UTEP players, and the next thing you know, and Zay, and you got the whole the whole group here. That would be kind of wild. No, it would be really cool, and you know, I, my experiences here have been nothing but positive. So I would hope I, so. I, I, <laughs> but I, I would definitely say everything's been positive, and uh, no, the more guys we can have out here, that would be awesome. It's a lot of fun. It is. Uh, just come on Minor Talk after a loss, and you'll see how much fun it is and how much you really enjoy it. The place is crazy, and believe it or not, Saturday night after the game, Three hours of phone calls. Three hours. It was a football game's worth of calls. Because this town gets wound up, as you might imagine, with UTEP sports. And when the Miners win, I'll say like there probably would have been a good couple of hours worth of calls. But you can usually tack an extra hour of calls and reaction to Miner talk after a loss, unfortunately. But... That's kind of the way it is in all of sports, isn't it? Yeah, I mean, I I think the one thing that you want from your fan base is for them to be passionate. So I can understand, you know, Minor Nation, 
but I also want them to celebrate us when, when we bounce back and when we do something good. So I hope that the, the energy is the same on, on both sides. And, you know, I, I'm, I have high hopes for us coming up for the rest uh, of the season. We have high hopes. I think we just – I think everybody was just given a reality check Saturday of last week saying that, you know what, if the ball bounces a couple of ways differently, it's a totally different game. It didn't happen. And, again, your first year was last year. Myers were 1-5 on the road. We were thinking that this year it was going to be a different story, which it still could be when it's all said and done. But historically, this team has always struggled on the road, and it's not easy to fix that from one year to the next, is it? No, I mean, you know, what's, the funny thing about that is, is I was thinking about this today, and when I thought about it in terms of zooming out and zooming in. You know, you talk about being one and five on the road. I don't, I don't think that a single player on our roster is thinking about being one on five on the road. The only thing we're thinking about is the next play going in there and executing it well. And when you're zoomed in, you know, you, you, you don't see those things. You, what you see is, you know, okay, we got to get our assignment right on this certain play. Mm-hmm. Or when the defense gives us this certain look, we got to be better and we got to execute a little bit different. We have to fix the mistakes that we had last week that could have changed the game drastically. Like you said, ball bounces a different way, a couple of plays, or we make, you know, take care of our assignments for a couple uh, a few plays in the game you know and the script is very different and so when you're zoomed into that, you know, you're not thinking about that in the broad picture of things, but when you zoom out and look at it and you have people, you know, in this industry talking about things on a much grander scale, there's just a very different viewpoint. You know, us as a team are thinking, okay, what mistakes did we make last game that didn't allow us to win the football game? And what few mistakes can we correct to where we take the narrative from being, okay, we didn't get it done to, yeah, we absolutely got it done. Sure. And yet when you look at a game like last week, the touchdown, which gets reversed, is a huge play because that changes the complexion of the football game. And there were other plays that all of a sudden, if a ball is caught versus dropped or things like that, everything changes. And it's interesting sometimes in a football game how one or two or three plays can absolutely dictate the entire tempo and outcome of of, of a game. Right. I mean, you look back to last year, we had some games where we thought that we definitely could have won them. We thought that we didn't put our best foot forward on the field in a few different plays or maybe a few, you know, ways of attacking a defense or ways of stopping an offense could have gone our way and they and they did it. And then you go back to a game like Boise State last year and that was an undoubtedly great game by us where it wasn't a fluke and we didn't win by accident. It was a great game because we did what we were supposed to do. And that's Division One college football for you. Everybody's on scholarship. Everybody's out there to go do what they're do. That's 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 why we're here. And so if you do what you're supposed to do, you take care of your job and you do your assignment, good things are going to happen. It's just about executing. That being said, the two people that catch it more than anybody Head coach and the quarterback. Because when the team is losing, it's on the coach, and usually it's on the quarterback. And it's interesting in the sense that Gavin Hardison has had some big games for UTEP, and then he's had some games that haven't been as good. And you look at Saturday, and I look at two particular plays, one the uh, reverse to call, and then the third and one late, where if uh, those passes are caught and it's a totally different game. It's You're looking at potentially three touchdowns, one interception for Gavin Hardison, and the Miners winning, probably winning in impressive fashion. Instead, one call gets reversed, one ball that looked like it was six, 
Defensive player breaks it up at the last minute. It's then down to fourth down. Next play interception. So instead of three touchdowns and one interception, one touchdown, two interceptions, fans calling after the game, upset and saying that the quarterback is not getting it done. It's a tough spot when you're when you're under center. Yeah, I mean, and, and that's part of being the quarterback, right? That's what we always talk about. That's why it's the hardest position in sports. That's why it's the most, you know, intense and the most important position in sports because you, you, you go high with the highs and you go low with the lows. But, you know, everybody wants to put the loss on a quarterback or put the loss on a coach or whoever the star player may be in the game. Mm-hmm. And the thing is, like I said, like when you're zoomed in as a player, you're just trying to fix what you did before. And I thought that Gavin played a pretty good game. I really did. When you go in and you look at schematically and how we were going to attack the defense, I thought Gavin did well. And I thought there were some amazing passes that he throws that shows why he's an NFL talent. And I think that sometimes as a fan, I totally understand you can get caught up in the big picture of things. And trust me, the team, we don't like losing any you know less than anyone else out there it burns real deep with us we're you know we're the ones putting in hours and hours and hours and our whole entire lives revolve around winning this football game and so we want to put our best foot forward too so it stings us just as bad but we know that it's not like our football team is you know so far away from victory or anything else like that we just have to correct the things that we need to correct like i said before put our best foot forward out there and this football team can be very impressive very quickly more with Cade as we hit the bottom of the hour 31 past the hour let's go to Adrian first he's got a sports center update and then we'll continue 505-6009 if you want to get into the show here on 600 ESPN El Paso very much we keep uh, it rolling right now with with Cade McConnell quarterback for the UTEP Miners as UTEP gets ready for uh, Incarnate Word on Saturday. We'll talk about them in uh, just a little bit. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's good stuff. Um, meanwhile, Cade, you talk about um, you know the game itself. We know everybody was disappointed afterwards. We know that you guys were, were going there to win a football game and not expected to come back to El Paso uh, 0-1 when it was all said and done. The things you liked when you watched the film and you saw the tape, especially on the offensive side, what were some some of the things that you felt, you know, despite the outcome, this team did really well. Right. I felt like going into an environment like Jacksonville down south where, you know, it was a lot hotter and humid. We weren't affected by the external factors like that. Uh, Coach Dimmel said it after the game, um, you know, later that week. And, and I thought it myself, too. I love the way that our team played effort wise. I thought the heart was there. I thought that we were focused and dialed in. And those are the type of things you want to see out of your offense specifically, right? You want to see it still running on the cylinders that it's supposed to, the mechanics of your offense working. Um, and I thought we saw that. I thought the effort was great, and I thought the intensity was there from all of our guys. I think so, too. And, and I think, again, you're right there at the end with a chance to, to win the football game. And, you know, driving down in the last minute or so and going into their territory, you had multiple shots to win. Some fans were upset that they threw the ball. Uh, you threw the ball third down and one, fourth down and one, rather than run the ball. And Calvin Brownholtz diagrammed that fourth and one on social media and mentioned that the play was drawn up perfectly and that when Tyron Smith went in motion, they didn't actually have a safety following or a cornerback following him. So he was untouched. But unfortunately, going through that route, going into Jeremiah Ballard, kind of slowed that play down and 
since Gavin didn't see Akari right over the middle of the field at that point, it just, that one split second could be the difference between a first down or a touchdown and unfortunately an interception. Right. I mean, football is 22 moving parts on a field, and sometimes those parts don't work perfectly how you draw it up on a piece of paper. Um, but those last two plays were great plays. They were designed to work, and, you know, it, sometimes the ball doesn't fall your way, but those were two good looks to get into the end zone and to get a first down. They were. Um, we saw also some people talk about Gavin and when he throws the football, he will sometimes look at the receiver and then deliver the ball as a quarterback, especially someone that, you know, you've been in the program now two years. I'm curious, your, your, and I don't want to do this from Gavin. I want to look at this from you trying to throw a football and how difficult it is to maybe look off a receiver or throw the ball towards a receiver where it looks like you're going one direction, but then you end up throwing it someplace else. Is that an art form? Is it something that some quarterbacks just do better than others? Let's talk about that. As uh, you know, people have said that when Gavin will sometimes throw interceptions, he'll kind of look at a receiver, deliver the ball, and the defensive backs are able to kind of read his eyes and maybe get a chance to creep up on the play and, and get the ball. Right, yeah. Sometimes it's people. It's easy for people to look in from the outside and say, well, why didn't he look off that defender and then come back to a different one? But it's so much more complex than that. Um, actually, I saw a video just recently on Instagram. It was Tua Tagovailoa. He's wearing a camera on the side of his helmet for Mike McDaniel to watch this year. Um, and, and That's kinda, interesting. Yeah, and to look. And if you actually go look at that video on Instagram, you know, it's it's in a fisheye lens, so it's a, it's a little bit different than obviously seeing it with your own eyes. But you can go back for a second and see how chaos it is from a quarterback's perspective and you have to sift through all that so when it comes to looking people off sometimes it depends on the play sometimes it depends on the guy that you're reading in your key sometimes it depends on how quick we need to get the ball out or how long you know manipulating players what kind of defense keys there's so many different factors so people to you know come back and look from the outside and say well what about looking off or or looking at certain guys or staring at certain guys well sometimes you are supposed to stare at guys because you need to know exactly what a defender is supposed to do and then make a decision sometimes the ball's got to get out quick and sometimes you got to hold it longer in order to manipulate people so it's 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 a it's a, there's a lot more that goes into it than just, okay, I'm going to mess with this defender right now and then get the ball to a guy. It's, it's much more complex than that. Was Jacksonville State the kind of defense that threw a lot of different looks at UTEP, especially on the defensive side in the pass game? Yes, yes. Jacksonville State did a lot of different things on defense. Um, and so... You know, when a defense gives you looks like that, you got to understand what you're seeing in front of you. And so that's part of the game that we were playing with them is, you know, what are, what are they giving us right now? What are we going to get into that's a good play? Do we have a good play called? And those are just all the mechanics of, you know, that every offense runs of, of what, what do I have in front of me? And then now what am I going to have to beat that? That's the chess match. And so, um, you know, we're always trying to get in the best play possible. And at the same time, you have the freedom to audible if necessary. Is audibling common during games or for the most part, will the quarterbacks go in and, and try to stay with the play that was originally called no we the the goal for our offense is to get into the best play possible now whether that's the original call that comes from the sideline and coach dimmel or whether that's the play that the quarterback's back there and sees something you know we the quarterback has the reign to be like is is this something good in front of me are we in the best play possible to put our offense in a good position to go move the ball down the field and if that's not the case the quarterback has the power to change that and whether that comes from you know the sideline check whether that's the original play call or whether the quarterback's getting guys in the right spot we're going to do any of those three things that we need to do and your game plan must be insane when you talk about the complexities of not forget your offense, 
the opposing defense. Because when you get in up to the line of scrimmage, you need to know every look, every possible formation, and almost predict what the defense is going to try to do to you every time. And then think about your plays that you're getting ready to run. And, you know, in this five or 10 seconds before you snap the ball, figure out, okay, can we go with this or do we need to change the play up and try something else? Right. I was actually talking with uh, some coaches and Gavin today up in the up in the offices and we were just talking about how football is unlimited there's an unlimited amount of football and what I mean by that is there's so many different ways of thought there's so many different looks and blitzes and play calls and you could study football for an entire lifetime and never you know fully 100% master football I think of guys like Peyton Manning and guys like Tom Brady who were you know just ultimate masters of the game when it comes to their mind and watching film and predicting things and they were still talking about learning more every single day up until the point where both of them you know are now retired but that that that's part of the game is as a quarterback and especially as a UTEP quarterback it is our job to, to the best of our abilities, understand every look that we're going to get, try to predict what they're going to do, and get ourselves into the best look all in about just a couple seconds before you snap the ball. Yeah, it's so true. Listen, if you want to get into the mind of, of Cade McConnell and, and ask him some questions that uh, you think uh, he'll be able to answer for you at quarterback, give us a call, 505-6009. We'll come back with more in a moment. Stay with us. Sports Talk continues, 600 ESPN El Paso. Continue here on Sports Talk. Do we get word, by the way, um, are we good to go for the uh, district on Saturday? We are good for the district just to give this out one more time to yes. everybody. So we are going ahead of time at the district. Initially, we were planning to go post-game at the district. We are going before pre-party at the district. We've got our pre-game show live from 4 to 6. Jason Craig will be DJing starting at 3. So if you just want to watch college football ahead of going out to a tailgate or whatever it might be, head on out to the District West. It's right by the university. We will be there ahead of the UTEP football game. And, of course, we will have prizes. We'll have giveaways from 4 to 6. We'll be on air, a special Minor Talk pregame show live at the District West. Good stuff, folks. All right, Cade McConnell's with us right now, UTEP quarterback. He's going to be spending a lot of time with us during football season and next year as well. We're excited about having him here. All right, Adrian, I know you've got plenty of questions. Why don't you, uh, why don't you get started? Cade, I want to ask you, I know the last two plays, I'm I'm fine with them. I've lived with them, I'm good with the explanation, and it's all fine now. But as we continue to reflect back on this past loss against Jacksonville State, I look at just early missed opportunities by the Miners, like that one opportunity when they drove it all the way to the 26-yard line of Jacksonville State, uh, attempted a field goal, and just couldn't come out with points after trailing 10-0. How, how can uh, the Miners you know, change and flip the script and score more points offensively. I think that's the biggest key is just getting points on the board. There's no doubt about it that the offense can move the ball, but I still have doubts in my mind that the offense can score. Yeah, I, I don't have doubts that we can score. I just think, like I said, it's talking about tightening up just those little loose ends and the little tiny mistakes can make a really big difference in football. You know, and on offense, there's 11 players, and if 10 of them do the right thing, the play's not going to be any good. It takes all 11 guys doing their job on a play for it to be successful. And when all 11 guys do their job, great. That's when you get touchdowns. That's when you get big plays. And that's how you keep explosive offenses moving forward. We have a great offensive line, and we have a great group of skill positions coming around. This offense is power-punched, and I think that we can really be there and continue to do so. It's just going to be tying up those loose ends. Can we get you know guys to finish blocks? And not just, at, not just four of the guys. Can we get five offensive linemen to finish the blocks? Can we get everybody to block on a play? Can we 
tighten up the loose ends? Can we, you know, finish a drive and and have the mentality of getting the ball in with no mistakes on the end of the drive? That's that's what coaches always talk about. And that's what players always talk about finishing drives. You hear finishing drives across the NFL. You hear it across college football. You hear it everywhere because it's the most important thing. It's no different than having runners on second and third in a baseball game, you know, and and striking out to end the inning, you know, or 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 not getting anybody in. When yeah. you're in a position to capitalize and get points on the board, that's when it matters. And so it's just going to be about having that mentality of going in and getting the job done. That makes a lot of sense. Now, for Hardison specifically, he's caught a lot of flack. We talked about this earlier. Uh, we already have somebody like Eric Fournier who wants to question about that you said, um, you know, if Gavin is an NFL talent or not. I, I just want to set the record straight because it's not just one or two practices. It's almost now every practice there's a scout who wants to talk to Gavin Hardison afterward because they like what he brings to the table. Can you shed a little bit more light on this? Because our listeners want to roll their eyes every time they hear Gavin Hardison and NFL in the same sentence yeah you know if that's not proof enough right there like there's NFL scouts at our practice to come and to look at Gavin and to talk to Gavin and if if that's not proof enough right there I don't know what is but I will say you know you got to take a little bit closer of a look at it sometimes like I said talking about zooming in and zooming out when you look at Gavin Hardison his abilities his arm strength and the and the physical traits that he has and also being in this offense that is a loaded offense that has every different angle every different kind of play and a ton of responsibility for the quarterback Gavin Hardison has handled that for what four years now yeah. you know that's that's a that's a lot of responsibility that's a lot of experience and that's a lot of high level football being played and that's why those scouts are out at the practices so for people that you know maybe don't think that I have to say I simply disagree Gavin is a wonderful quarterback and he's a huge part of the reason why UTEP has been up and coming in these last couple of years and he's going to be a reason why I think we finish out this season wonderful and I've always thought that scouts will look at certain physical traits uh, more than they will ultimately performances we've seen that before too if a guy has a big arm good size good ability and can make the plays he needs to I mean that and throw the ball down the field like Gavin can that's what NFL uh, that's what NFL teams are looking at right now right and you know there's a you can name so many quarterbacks in the NFL that weren't necessarily super headline guys in the SEC or or huge power five quarterbacks that are in the NFL now there's plenty of plenty of uh, evidence to show in the NFL that you don't necessarily have to be the biggest guy in the SEC in order to be an NFL talent Gavin Hardison has all those attributes Augustine is listening to this conversation and his question is why can't UTEP at times audible out of bad plays so I guess what he's saying is if there's a play that he's that you know you fans are looking at and saying that doesn't seem like it's going to work and then it doesn't work why wouldn't as you're going to the line of scrimmage trying to change that up and try something else Right. Well, uh, my answer to that is, is that we're, like I said, we're always trying to get ourselves in the right place. So when we are audibling, we're audibling to what looks good and what we think the best play is for that look. Now, also what I said was we got to tie up those loose ends. We got to make sure all 11 guys are executing. That's the big word is executing their job correctly and to the best of their ability so that we can get good plays. And if one guy doesn't execute properly, then you don't have a good play. So that's part of, that's part of offense and football. You got to have all 11 guys doing the right thing at the right time. So we are getting into good plays. We just got to finish them. Cade, what's halftime like when you're down in a game like that? And then what's the postgame like? Uh, give us a, a taste of what the locker room is, is really like. Is it uh, level-headed at halftime with, you know, kind of a, hey, we're, we're coming back in this game no matter what. And then afterward, it's like, hey, let's write this one off onto the next game. How is that environment like? You know, sometimes it's different game to game, but I will say that, you know, 
last game it was positive. We're going to be positive. We're going to get the wheels on track here, and we're going to come out, and we're going to give it everything we got right here, and we're going to do what we know how to do offensively. You know, defense is coming out saying, hey, we've done some good things. Let's continue to do those good things and continuously keep, you know, stopping them. Let's let's get out on third down. Let's be really good on third down defensively, and let's be really good on third down offensively. And then, you know, after the game, it stings. It stings. We put in a lot of work. We put in a lot of effort. This is everything to us. You know, our job is to be student athletes, and we didn't have school last week so the only thing that mattered to us was that football game so it definitely stings when you get back in the locker room the only thing you want is a win yeah you're right and as far as the defense goes look the defense played strong kept you in the game i guess there's one thing you hope the defense this year will be able to do is force turnovers and it's not an easy thing to do because if you get three and out and you hold the team to 17 points you should be in 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 good enough shape to, to win a football game but takeaways turnovers that can easily change the complexion of a game especially if the offense could take over deep in the opponent's territory versus your own 20 25 yard line right and you know uh, a lot of times they talk about in football winning the turnover battle right not turning the ball over and then getting turnovers. If you're in the plus margin of that, then your odds to win a football game go up a whole lot. And I think you know our defense is going to create those this year. Coach Pivato and the defense and the and the guys that we have over there are incredible. And I think that they're going to bring us the ball early a lot this year. When we come back, we're going to ask uh, Cade his thoughts about how the game has changed, especially now that the clock keeps moving until uh, two minutes left in each half, like the NFL. We'll see, uh, get his perspective on that and. I want to find out, really, how complex the UTEP offense is. We don't know because we've never seen the playbook. We don't get a chance to study the playbook. We see the plays on games, but that's about it. How complex is the UTEP playbook? We'll find out next with Cade McConnell as Sports Talk continues. 600 ESPN El Paso. Here's Steve Kaplowitz and Adrian Broaddus. All right, thank you very much, Buzz Adams. Final hour of the show is underway. He's uh, Adrian Broaddus. I'm Steve Kaplowitz. Cade McConnell's with us as well. Third member of the Sports Talk team today. 505-6009. That is our telephone number. 505-6009. Cade giving us uh, a little bit of, let's um, see, behind the scenes kind of into what it's like uh, in the quarterback room. Uh, for UTEP since uh, he is part of that uh, team and you know for all we know at some point this year you might find yourself in a game thrust in and handling uh, handling uh, what you know Gavin has done and so many other quarterbacks have done so we're pretty excited about that too yeah I mean I'm excited I, I love being a UTEP quarterback I love being part of this team and part of the organization and I love these coaches and and all the guys around me and uh, I'm ready to go in. When if, if my number's called, I'm, I'm ready to go in and do the job. It'll be, it'll be a lot of fun. I'll Great. You then, you can, then you can come back the next week and deal with fans and just uh, handle them for, you know, face-to-face That's or right. phone-to-phone. Phone. It'd be perfect. We could just go head-on. We could yeah, just go head-on. Yeah, I like that. So, Kate, I was thinking, if, for the first time you sling the ball for the minors in a game, you got to call in afterward, okay, on minor talk. we got to hold you to this. you spent a lot of time here. Uh, we got to hold you to it, unless it's like some horrible, horrible ending, which we don't wish on you whatsoever. Um, we are uh, holding you to that. What do you say? Yeah, no, I, I say I'm all in for that, and I'm not. I'm not going to give myself a horrible ending either. I'm not going to give the miners a horrible ending. No shot. No, no, that's not. That's not happening. In fact, I'm really uh, looking forward to Saturday night for a lot of reasons, but. I'm looking forward to seeing the 88 team back. Uh, these are guys that 35 years ago went bowling when the team hadn't been to a bowl since 1967. So 
first time in 21 years, and now it's their 35th anniversary. So a lot of these guys are, are my age or a little older, so it's going to be fun to see them come back in town. Yeah, it is. It's going to be fun to see them come back in town. You get a little bit of history that comes back in, so a little bit of appreciation for the lineage that's happened in, uh, you know, in our facility. We walk that hall every single day in the LKD, our facilities, and along the wall is you know all the important people, all the greats, all the impactful people that have been here at UTEP. Um, and you know, some of those guys from that '88 team are going to come back out there. You know, guys that are have names on the wall, and so that's important for us to see. You know, those are guys that are that we see every single day, and to be able to honor them and commemorate is pretty cool. Um, um, and let alone, you know, all the other stuff is cool too. The new, the the '88 uniforms that yep. are coming out, all that type of stuff like that. That's all really exciting stuff that I think UTEP uh, players and UTEP fans could be really excited about. Have you had a chance to practice at all on the Sun Bowl turf since they put the new gra- the new stuff down? Yeah. Yes, sir. We we have had a chance to practice that, and that was part of our preparation was making sure we get our cleats on that new turf and understanding, you know, what we're going to be playing on. Does it feel a little different than it did last year, or for the most part, is it the same stuff? No, it it definitely feels different. It feels newer. It feels you know refurbished. It's 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 you know got less dust and you know wear down on it and things like that. Um, I can tell you right now that the team's excited about it. I'm always wondering when you land and you're falling down, and or if you get thrown to the ground and then all of a sudden not only are you trying to get up but then you got all those little uh, pieces of, uh, <laughs> of of sneaker that are grounded up inside that kind of getting in your face mask and all over the place it's uh, it, it's a little bit of a different experience isn't it? Yeah it is I mean I remember and it's been a long time now because everything is turf but I remember growing up and you know select fields in high school and stuff like that you'd play on grass but for the vast majority now you play on turf and so that's kind of all I remember in recent years of playing but it's definitely not fun to fall on and you'd rather you'd rather fall on grass and stuff like that turf burns a real thing yeah i was gonna say plus you gotta quarterbacks have to learn to slide properly right you gotta have the little baseball slide and and know exactly how to get down and that way try to limit uh, not just getting hit but also uh, trying to not you know burn yourself too bad on the way down yeah, it's it's actually it's a skill. It's a skill, and sometimes guys got to go practice it. But uh, hopefully, the baseball backgrounds of our quarterback room have have got that down. All right, how many of your quarterbacks have played ball? Is baseball as far as you know? What do you think? As far as I know, I know at least four of us have for sure. Okay, I'm trying to think in my head off the top of my head, but I'm pretty sure at least four of us have some type of baseball background. It's going to be you, Gavin. Um, I would think Jake played baseball at some point, or did he not? I, I, I think Jake played younger. I don't know if he played later, but I think, I'm pretty sure he played younger. All right, who else? Who was the, who was the fourth? Kevin. Kevin's the last one. I got you. Yeah. Okay, so that makes that makes sense. And it's important. I think, based, listen, the best part about athletics is that, and I've, and I've said this from the very beginning, play as many sports as you can because it helps you once you get older and you start to pick one sport that you're going to really go after. You you can't hurt yourself by being a multi-sport athlete. It's only going to make you better. No, you can't. And in a perfect world, I don't know how it would work now. I think those days may be over. I wish they weren't, but I wish that, you know, people that are good enough to play multiple sports in high school and, of course, earlier than that, yeah. I wish they got to play all of them. You know, I always hear, like, my uncles and dads and family members talking about, oh, when I played, I played, you know, four different sports in high school, and I was I lettered in all of them and this, that. And I was like, wow, that sounds really fun. You know, I wish that – it was a little more like that today, but I also don't have a solution for it because everybody's so specialized now and really good at their craft. That's why we see you know people and athletes getting better over time as you know time goes on. Yeah, guys, I have some breaking news. We've talked uh, turf and grass next week. Cade at Northwestern Ryan Field is grass. 
How about that? Is that so? Yes, natural grass. Oh well, I'm looking forward to it. After Sunday, I'm gonna I'm gonna start licking my chops to play on some grass. That's gonna that's gonna feel great. Actually, I will I will say, Adrian, too. We did play on grass last year. Oklahoma was grass, um, so that was nice. Interesting. So, so I didn't there, know that. there was some grass. That basically. is interesting. So, but it's rare. But but there there were no fields in Conference USA that were grass. Uh, not off the top of my head. I'm, I may be missing one or two. I'm sure someone will out, you know be out there and be like, oh, the, 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 this stadium has grass. This field's grass, but off the top of my head, I haven't played on a lot of grass fields recently. Yeah. All right. Well, you're going to get a chance uh, on you know next weekend to do that. That'll be fun. And I'm sure for you, just a chance to uh, – when you're a player and, and you're a college football player and you know you're going to go play against a Big Ten team or a Pac-12 team or a big – or you know an SEC team, that's got to be part of the, the lore and the attraction of getting a chance to, to play for one particular group is knowing you'll have that big-time experience. Yeah, I mean – if you think about it, when you were growing up as a kid and you thought, okay, I want to play Division One football, that's because you love football and you want to be on the big stage. I mean, that's why people love college football is that culture, the atmosphere, the day, how important it is, all that stuff. I mean, there's nothing like being a player in a big-time game. You know, I remember going to Oklahoma last year, and that was my first road game as a Division One athlete ever. And we walked out of that tunnel, we ran on the field, and I thought, this is the coolest thing that I have ever done in my entire life, and I want to do it for as long as I possibly can. I asked this question at the end of the hour, and I'll, I'll ask you now. When we talk about the UTEP offense and the pro-style offense that, that uh, Coach Dimmel runs, how complex is it when you really look at the playbook and try to break things down? And how long did it take you when you arrived here to really get comfortable with the offense and the system? Yeah, I mean, when I first got here, you know, so my, I came a little bit later in the summer. So my first real practices were fall camp last year, and there was a lot of information that was thrown at me. It was trying to, you know, learn a playbook really fast. Um, and I think of some of those guys in the NFL to get traded midseason and have to learn a playbook really fast, and that blows my mind sometimes. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, there's a lot of information that came really fast, and I felt by the end of fall camp and getting into season, I had a decent grasp on it, and I felt like at the end of the season it was far better from that and now exponentially from that. But our offense is, um, you know, I don't know if intricate and complex are the best ways to describe it, but it's just, it's vast. We have everything in our offense. And the reason why we have that is because we want to have every, you know, viable option to go to when we need it. We don't want there to be any shortcomings in our offense. We want to have everything at our disposal in order to, to attack a defense. And so as a quarterback, you have to be able to intake all those things. There can't be, you know, missing spots in your head. You can't not know what to do on certain things. You have to be able to take a large amount of information, plays, checks, looks, and you have to be able to conceptualize that in your head. Do you get the opportunity to practice every play offensively in the playbook each week? Not every play in the playbook. I mean, that's that's exactly what spring and summer ball, you know, and going through your your meetings and stuff like that, and then fall camp is for okay. is to just rep and rep and rep and and try to get as many plays as you can in the allotted time you have for practice, so that when that you know play maybe comes up in a week or something like that, you know, you're ready for it. Or if it's not, you know, necessarily one of the go-to plays for that week or not in the game plan, well, coach can still call it and we've ran it enough times to where, hey, if it looks good in the game and we have to make an adjustment and that play gets thrown out there, that everybody knows exactly what's happening. I think what's also difficult is is that the, the number ones probably get the most reps 
and then after that, the twos, and then the threes and fours, and so on and so forth. But the farther down in the depth chart you are, the less plays you get. So it's difficult when all of a sudden things change and you move up the ranks, suddenly the amount of plays you get to be a part of is a completely different animal practice and then potentially games. Right, and that's one of the struggles of doing that is, you know, the starters get the reps because they need them in order to prepare for the upcoming week. And, you know, and no one's arguing that. The flip side of that is is that, you know, as you go down the depth chart, there's less plays, so then there's less practice, and it's, you know, inevitably you wouldn't proceed through getting better as fast as you would if you were taking all of those reps. But that's the challenge. If you're going to be someone that's not a number one on the depth chart, you have to be mentally perfect. You have to stay locked in when you're not in there. And that goes for everybody, you know, talking to the kids that may be listening in, in high school or anybody that's not starting, you have to be mentally very focused and sharp so that when you go in, at least at the very least, that aspect is not in question. Uh, real quick, uh, before I ask my question, just want to update everybody. Utah's up seven nothing, so Gator Boy is not going to be happy about that. Uh, that the Utes are up seven nothing early on into this game. Um, I'll ask you, Cade, when it comes to this UTEP offense, and specifically when it comes uh, to the complexity of the play calls, uh, is this some of the reasons why we don't necessarily see guys pan out uh, in college football at UTEP? Like, for example, Dana Dimmel will rave about a player he'll just get really excited about them on national signing day and for whatever reason we just don't hear about them after fact after the fact is this one of the reasons why maybe they don't see the field or they don't pan out as a prospect because they're not able to grasp uh what's uh, ahead of them on uh, you know on the play sheets and stuff like that you know i actually think that the reason that a person would pan out at the next level, especially at quarterback, is because of the way we run our offense. There's a lot of offenses around the country that are more simplified, and sometimes that's to a fault at the next level. When you get to the NFL, you know, if anybody out there has watched Hard Knocks, if you've gone and watched any behind the scenes or any anything like that where you see behind the scenes of NFL football, you see that their play calls are long and they are dense and they're wordy and there's a lot of different things to look at at the defense in front of you. Now, I will say the NFL does have a little bit of an advantage because they have the headset and the mic, you know, so it's, it's it's a little easier to communicate with coaches and stuff like that. It's very streamlined. But if you go and watch that, I mean, NFL quarterbacks, they have a whole lot to do in the NFL. Those guys are the best in the business. They have a million different things to look at, and they also have a really short amount of time to do it. A lot of the same things that I've said about UTEP quarterbacks, right? You know, we have a lot of stuff that we have to do, um, but that's only preparing us for the next level, I think, especially under center. But on game day, you're on a headset a lot of the times, and you're helping communicate and really try to make uh, Gavin's life and the offense's life that much easier. Yeah, I mean, that's the communication is one of the most important things a football team can possibly have. And being on the headset with those other quarterbacks, you know, and, and signaling plays in and trying to make sure everything is as it should be is, is extremely important. Are you able to hear Gavin talking back to you or are you only able to call or help call plays in and communicate with either coaches in the box? Where is the level of communication with Gavin's headset compared to everybody else? I mean, so in college football, the the quarterback doesn't get an actual headset, so he can't you know physically hear us as far as talking through the headsets um, on the field. Now, communication with the quarterback on the field can sometimes vary between crowd noise and how loud the environment is, mm-hmm. um, time, you know, how much time you have in order to communicate and stuff like that. Um, but we try to have everything as streamlined as possible. So the play is 
basically communicated to Gavin, who then will go ahead and uh, call it in the huddle. But the job of the play itself is kind of yours, the coordinators, the coach, everybody else that's talking inside that level of communication during the game. Yeah, I mean, generally speaking, the play is called, we get the play in, and then from there, the quarterback combined with sometimes the coaches from the sideline, but it's in the quarterback's hands to make sure that we're in the best play possible. How many quarterbacks usually have a headset during the game? Just one or are there multiple quarterbacks? Are you talking about on the sideline? Yes. On the uh, sideline. There's usually a couple of us. There's usually okay. three headsets that are signaling in from the sideline, um, and there'll be a couple quarterbacks uh, you know, in that in those headsets signaling. I got you. All right. So this is still a pretty, uh, pretty complicated uh, process when you start really talking about everything. There's a whole lot to it, but like I said, there's endless football. Yes, that, that is true. All right. Hey, 17 past the hour. How about this, Adrian? In the last 15 minutes, somehow ESPN took their feed off of Spectrum, and now there is a screen talking about negotiations and reaching oh, an agreement. Man. So right before a kickoff of Utah and Florida, this game was taken off, and now ESPN and ESPN2 man. are no longer on Spectrum Cable. I didn't even realize this was a thing until just now. So this happened at the start of last year's college football kickoff with YouTube TV. So it was like a YouTube TV battle against uh, whatever it was, ESPN, whatever it was at that point, and none of those games were shown on YouTube TV at that time. They resolved whatever kind of dispute they had. But yeah, it's like... TV networks, cable channels going up against the rival big networks uh, of, you know, what we're talking about right now. I think DirecTV is having an issue right now with getting Cowboys games on certain channels. So, yeah, there, this happens a lot in the streaming wars nowadays. It's so bad that it happens here in 2023. We're, we're talking about just watching a regular game on just regular ESPN. I know. I know. It's crazy. And uh, apparently uh, it's a thing. And I'm trying to figure out if the ESPN app works on Spectrum or if it doesn't, which is also kind of interesting for people that are on Wi-Fi. You might have to just go off of Wi-Fi and if you're, let's say, a uh, just a, a regular customer of Whatever you're using, uh, go try that route and see if that works uh, for streaming uh, for streaming games. All right, we'll keep an eye on that. More with Cade as we continue as well. Charlie One is back though. Nineteen pass with a traffic update to watch uh, the uh, Utah game uh, against uh, Florida. Cade, I'm kind of bummed with what's going on right now with Spectrum. Yeah, well, I mean. I'm in the thick of it because my brother is actually a Utah Ute himself. He's a student at Utah. My girlfriend is a Utah alum. Um, and so I, I was kind of pulling for the Utes right here. But now we're not we're not getting to see it. And then I just got a text from my dad who said he was watching the game. We have Spectrum. And now he can't watch the game. Oh, oh so man. he's having the same issue. So this is a Spectrum issue nationwide now. I, I believe so. I believe so. Dad isn't too happy back home right now. Uh, tell your dad we're upset too. We can't believe this. And by the way um, – I know that DirecTV and NextStar are having issues, but that's a local channel. Like, you can always go around that by putting rabbit ears on. If you are a Spectrum customer, you cannot watch ESPN right now. I mean, that, there is a big difference between a local station where there is at least a way around it and a station like ESPN, which has a ton of sports. And if you subscribe to ESPN+, Plus, now what are you supposed to do? This is bad, man. Actually, uh, Spectrum is trending all over social media right now. Everybody's voicing their displeasure in Spectrum right now because uh, no one is able to watch this game. And think about the nas uh, the national implications. I mean, all the Florida fans, all the Utah fans who want to watch this one. 
Yeah, it's wild. It is absolutely wild. So I don't know. I'm looking into this and I'm trying to figure out what I can and can't watch. Like, am I able right now to watch some random, uh, you know, game like Idaho versus Lamar? Um, I don't know. It's on ESPN Plus. Does that mean I'm able to see it or because um, no, apparently you can watch it. So plus different than ESPN, the 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 linear networks. I so think so. plus is because it's a subscription based site yes. and then uh, ESPN, it's included in either your cable or streaming package. Well, it's good to know that at least they haven't screwed me on plus in the last five minutes since that's the uh, the way the cable channel is going to be for now. So all right, that's hey, listen, we're not alone. It's the whole spectrum network. That's and by the way. If it's really funny because we were watching the TV and it went black, and I and I told Kate, I go, this is weird. So I turned off the box, turned it back on again. I thought something strange happened. Didn't realize that it went black because apparently at six o'clock or so was when suddenly Spectrum was not allowed to be putting ESPN on anymore. That's crazy to me. I don't even know what to say about it. It's like I've never seen that before where you're watching a game, and we were watching the previews to the game. like They were showing uh, the coach coming out, and they were starting to do all their pregame stuff, and all of a sudden, Spectrum, sorry, ESPN didn't comply with us. I mean, that's that's pretty wild. It was. They throw you a QR code and want you to try to complain. I'm like, listen, uh, the complaining is not going to help. Just get it done. Get the deal figured out with Disney so you can bring it back. And by the way, Spectrum's a monster, so you know that there's going to be an outrage right now with the fact there has been 15,000 posts in the last five minutes on Spectrum. Oh, my. That's a lot of posts. Yep. Anyway. And it is pretty funny that people are are putting on, on social, look at these awesome first quarter highlights, and it's just a screen saying we offer Disney a fair deal, yet they're demanding an, excess, an excessive increase. So, yeah, I, and that's another thing. I was thinking that this was going to be not a year-to-year thing. Aren't these supposed to be multi-year deals when, when the cable companies and the satellite companies put it together with Disney? I'm not educated enough on all the TV deals, but what I will say, Steve, is that when I have ESPN and I turn on my TV, I would expect ESPN to come on the TV. That's a main channel to have. It is. And by the way, the um, I'll say this. This was kind of interesting. The first touchdown pass was a 70-yarder. That's oh, wow. how it went. And uh, essentially, long pass to uh, Florida. The backs uh, essentially fell down. Receiver catches it, goes into the end zone, and it's a seven nothing game. First does it say play? who? Does first it, play. Does it say who caught the touchdown right there? Ah, uh, here. Let's let's. You want to just listen to it? Let's let's listen to the call since we can't uh, actually watch the game uh, here. Let's see if we can actually hear the call. Here we go. Play action on first down to Barnes, looking downfield, takes his shot, watches for money parks. So there you go. Money Parks. Money Parks. That's pretty cool. Fun fact, I do actually have some mutual connection with him, some friends back home. Uh, One of my good friends back home, that's his girlfriend, my girlfriend who went to Utah, who was a cheerleader there for the past couple years. She just graduated from there last year. Also knows him and is friends with Money. So congratulations, Money. That's awesome. 70-yarder. From Aledo, Texas. This is the six degrees of Cade McConnell. I like that too. This is it's kind of fun. We're gonna to have to figure out how we could track everybody back to you. That's right. We're connecting the web over here. Who needs Kevin Bacon? 
when we have Cade with us here in studio as uh, we continue on the program. By the way, um, huge weekend of college football. I'm excited about that. As much preparation as you have, and I don't even know what goes into these game week preparations. I mean, for the most part, is it just studying film, film, more film uh, when you're trying to prepare for an opponent? Yeah, I mean, there's a lot of different things to do, but I mean, you know, there's there's three aspects of football, and I think I've mentioned it on the show before, but there's film and studying of football. There's at your actual play and, you know, physical execution out on the field, and then there's the weight room and trying to get your body into the best shape as possible. All those three things go into preparing for an opponent, and week to week, a lot of it has to do with film. Are you in the best shape of your life? <laughs> I, I, I would like to think so. I would like to think so that we're always improving. We have a great strength and conditioning staff here. And so you're always trying, you know, it's more of an ebb and a flow than it is a constant, you know, up or a constant down or something like that. It's, it's you're, you're, you know, you get banged up and then you try to get yourself back and then yeah. this hurts and you try to find that nice equilibrium where everything feels good. I want to know how the Luke Laufenberg smoothies are in the smoothie station area because I was there last year with Babe when he came into town and saw everybody drinking those smoothies after the workouts. I was like, that, that looks good. You know, I'm really happy you brought that up. First of all, Babe Laufenberg, you know, doing that for our program in honor of Luke is just amazing. That fight station does a whole lot for our program. And, and you know, I was not here with Luke, but I, I was told that his favorite thing was the protein shakes. That, w- that was his big thing, and that's why they're in there. Uh, and I love the protein shakes. Chocolate ones are my favorite. Those are awesome. Okay, so you're saying that you actually have choice of flavors? Vanilla or chocolate. Really? All right. And you've tried both. I've tried both. But the chocolate shake is the way to go. Chocolate shake is definitely the way to go. Okay. That sounds like a sounds like a winner to me. I'm excited about that. Do do players usually choose chocolate over vanilla, or or is it more fifty fifty split? What do you think? I don't know. I don't know. I will say though, like I, I'm a I'm I'm far and away chocolate, and then all the other you know nutrition additives yeah. they have in there and snacks are are really big for our team. If they ever added strawberry, would that be a game changer in your opinion, or would you stick with chocolate? Yeah, I, I would. If it tastes anything like you know good strawberry milk, I would be all about it. Okay, all about it. These are these are the hard hitting questions we need from Cade when he joins us inside our studios. Very important stuff. I'm happy about that. All right. We'll come back, wrap things up here with Cade as we continue 31 past. First, here he is, Adrian Broadus in SportsCenter. Very much. Uh, Cade McConnell's back with us uh, inside our 600 ESPN El Paso River Oaks property schoolyard sports studios uh, here on the show. By the way, last week Lane was in studio and they asked if you were going to be coming in. And when I said, no, Cade's not coming, he was disappointed. He was, he was looking forward to seeing you last week. I would love if Lane would have been here today, too. I had such a great time with you guys the last time I was in. Lane was awesome to talk to. I thought it was a great show. What do you think? I thought it was fantastic. Awesome. A lot of good, lot of good feedback from that. They had a good time as well. Awesome. Uh, this comes from Headband repeat guys it's simple stream east that i guess is the easiest way to watch the um the utep game <laughs> stream stuff. is it streamcast or stream east stream east stream east meanwhile gator allegedly boy, allegedly that's right meanwhile gator boy running around with his tebow jersey and camo shorts screaming at his tv eating fi- <laughs> i can't even finish this fish sticks hashtag gator boy all right. How about we have, we have a caller, uh, Gator Richard. He's a big, big Florida fan. Sounds like it. Yeah, he is. And uh, today, Adrian nicknamed him Gator Boy. So that apparently is starting to stick with our other listeners uh, on uh, on social right now. So that's pretty good. I like that. Screaming at his TV, 
eating fish sticks. That sounds that sounds about right, doesn't yeah, it? Yeah, that sounds right. Uh, yeah. Gators right now back on the board 7-3 to three right now. Utah up after uh, the Gators settle for a field goal driving all the way down inside uh, the Utah 20. So got to get some uh, touchdowns on the board, Gator lot of, boy. Yeah, exactly. A lot of football left, though, right? A lot of football left for Gator boy. That's very true. Hey, uh, California just won the uh, Little League World Series uh, over the weekend, a uh, dramatic fashion, a walk-off win. Uh, do you ever get a chance when you played baseball? Do you ever play Little League baseball? And do you ever have a chance to try to get into the Little League World Series? What an awesome point to bring up because one thing I'm very passionate about is Little League versus Pony Baseball and other different types of leagues. So, yes, I played uh, Pony Baseball growing up, not Little League. Um, and my 11-year-old season and 12-year-old season, so both of the seasons that were Little League World Series age range, mm-hmm. um, I was on a team that went to the World Series for that division and we went all the way to virginia and we played other countries like mexico taiwan other states the whole all the stuff you see in the little league world series we did just in a different type of league yeah um and some would argue that pony baseball is definitely a step up from the little league uh players you know you there's leadoffs pickoff steals it's a little more real baseball it's like you triple sa which is what now has become a very popular type of baseball so pony league you triple sa sounds like it exactly and so the only difference between pony league and the little league world series you don't have es ESPN broadcasting it, but you're still playing against the players from around the world, right? And I would, and I would say that if you broadcast the pony baseball, I, I'm not sure the you know entire you know national state of pony baseball now, but when I played it, it was it was very good. It was highly competitive. We went to the World Series my 11 year old year, and then the 12 year old year we actually won it. We beat um, Chinese Taipei or Taiwan. I don't forgot exactly what the name of that team was because they changed sometimes, but we actually won it. We were the world champions that That's year. Awesome! It was really cool. I still got the video of it from when our pitcher threw the final out, rushed in from the outfield. It was it was a really cool experience. One of the coolest things I've done in my athletic career, for sure. I believe that. I mean, there's, there's something to be said about what an experience like that's really like for an 11- or 12-year-old, winning a, a world championship like that against uh, you know Chinese Taipei, who's always been amongst the best young, you know, little league type of players uh, in, in the world whenever they compete. Yeah, I mean, and as an, a 12-year-old kid full of a bunch of, and uh, you know, really great baseball players on my team, to go and play on that stage, you know you know it's big. You know it's not a facade because there's teams coming from other countries yeah. to come play. Anytime you have something like that, you know you have to be playing good competition. We were, and uh, a lot of the guys from that 12-year-old, you know, team that was like this small little league, you know, that you know no one would ever know about outside of it, a lot of those uh, players are Division One baseball players now. I believe maybe we'll see players that are going to be in the big leagues down the road. You never know. Absolutely, that's that, that's terrific stuff. I like that, and that's happy you mentioned that. That's important. How were you, by the way? Do you have a uh, were you a pretty good hitter? Yeah, I actually won the home run derby in that 12U. So I remember uh, they selected, I think, two players or something like that from each team to go compete in the home run derby. I kind of got casted in there. The team was kind of like, yeah, I guess we'll let we'll let Cade go do the home run derby. And then I actually went, I remember I hit 14 home runs Wow! Uh, in it, and I, I beat all the kids from the other countries and stuff like that. And so as far as individual awards go, I still got the plaque and the bat hanging up in my room back home in California. Very cool. Cade, we've talked uh, about your football run-ins, and you've name-dropped guys like Brian. Bryce Young over the years that you've uh, encountered and played with or against. Who are some names that you can name drop in baseball that you either went up against or played around? Yeah, so there's a couple of guys um, that I've played around, a couple of guys that are prospects now. I think, I don't know if there's anyone that I've played against. I played my freshman year in high school uh, baseball, and then, you know, I had some knee injuries and stuff like that that kept me off the baseball field and kind of only was able to get back on the football field. Um, but some of the guys that I grew up with, uh, one of them is in the system now. 
now for the Dodgers. He's been moved up to double A. And I think the other is with the Pirates. Um, you know, the guys that are just absolute studs played for Huntington Beach High School, La Mirada High School. Um, and then I have some of my friends, you know, two of my closest friends, uh, Jared Anderson and John Newman, both went on to play Division One baseball. Uh, John Newman's currently now, he actually just transferred from University of California, Santa Barbara. Uh, he was their catcher there. Now he is at Long Beach State back home and oh, back home in Long Beach. Uh, and then he's going to be their catcher there this year. So I couldn't be happier for John. He's looking like he's going to get a shot to go to the league as well. Long Beach State is a powerhouse when it comes to college baseball. Always has been, always will be. So when you're getting a chance to play at Long Beach State, even if it's your hometown, you know that it usually means you're going to have scouts there all the time. Absolutely. And and for John in particular, you know, a guy that I got to grow up with was an amazing football player, by the way, could have gone Division One football if he wanted to. He was just a baseball guy. You know, we still talk all the time. We're as close as can be. And I'm so excited for him. And I hope that he has a great season this year and then gets to go on to that next level. It'd be pretty cool. Seven o'clock Saturday night. It's going to be UTEP and Incarnate Word, home opener at the Sun Bowl, honoring the 88 team and, and uh, the Hall of Fame class. What can you tell us about a team that has so much new personnel this season versus last year? How do you try to game plan for them when you really don't have much of their film from Incarnate Word because they're all transfers? Yeah, you know, you try to go in and you try to find information on the guys that you can. You try to scout the best that you can, and our coaches do a great job of preparing a game plan for us. And us as players take it upon ourselves to try to go to the next step and try to watch you know individual film we try to go on and we try to get the best the best game plan we possibly can you want to see as much tape on your opponent um, as you can fit in during the week so that you know you're going out there and and uh, uh, Marcus Mariota actually said it on that that Netflix series quarterback have you seen that I haven't um, seen it yet but I heard it's very good yeah yeah it is very good and I've watched it and Marcus Mariota talks about it he says you know football's like organized chaos out there and so when you're watching film and trying to prepare them you're trying to give yourself an advantage of okay instead of trying to figure out what you're looking at in the first quarter, you want to have that already figured out so that by the time the first quarter is, you're just settling in. And that's the goal. Let's wrap it up with this. What are you watching right now? When you're away from football and you actually have some downtime, what are you streaming that you're really into and you're digging right now? Are you talking Are you talking not, not watching film here? Correct. Outside of this. Absolutely. Outside of this. Gotcha. Well, a lot of it has been Hard Knocks. A lot of it's been the quarterback series on Netflix. And then I love uh, the Fantasy Footballers podcast. I love I love watching those guys. I, I know it sound, maybe sounds cliche. It's all football stuff. But right now, when you're in football season, I can't get enough football. So I love watching and talking NFL football. I love seeing that stuff. And, and I, I love fantasy football. So you don't have a break to where you say to yourself, no sports. I'm just going to lose myself in something else, whether it's a TV. TV series or a movie or something like that that you just want you want to break from sports or are you sports so much 24 7 that even when you're having downtime it's a sports related thing no i i, I do there are times where you got to get away from sport. You got to have a little bit of downtime. Your mind's got to move completely away from sports. I also believe in that. Um, I love having the guys on the team come over. A couple of us, you know, we'll play MLB the show, the the, the game on. You know, we'll play against each other and stuff like that. Um, and then, you know, I'm I'm also a big you know play Call of Duty guy and stuff like that too. So there there's definitely some time away from football. There's just not as much time to do that right now. I'm sure that's more of the off season. But you will have gaming time with the boys when the opportunity presents itself. You have to, right? I mean, that's that's part of the deal, right? Gaming time with the boys is only going to make you better out on the field that's that's some serious chemistry right there if you game together i agree with you hey listen it's been like about an hour and a half and you've been terrific thanks for stopping in and giving us the lowdown and definitely plan on coming back soon enough see us and we'll have a chance to talk some more football talk some more sports with you awesome thank you it's been a pleasure and i hope to see you guys again soon you will Cade mcconnell folks as we continue here on sports talk utep quarterback will be ready saturday for the minors and incarnate word come back to wrap it up next stay with us sports talk continues 600 espn el paso